And now, a rebroadcasting of the hearing to the House Committee of Financial Services in regards to the GameStop stock freeze on January 28th. This hearing began broadcasting mid-sentence due to the simple fact that it is indeed a Zoom meeting operated by baby boomers. In mid-remark is committee chairwoman Maxine Waters. And has proven to show the influence of backdoor investors in social media to today's market. Before we proceed, I would please like to remind everybody to mute themselves while they are not presenting. We will now begin with initial oral testimonies, starting with Chief Executive Officer of Robinhood, Vlad Tenev. Members of the committee, my name is Vlad Tenev, and I am the Chief Executive Officer. And becoming the company's co-founder and for me. I don't know what they're saying actually. It has been Robin Hood's mission what to are get lunch. Do you know what, what we're getting? Miss Waters, if I may. Uh oh. <clears throat> I believe your time is approaching, Mr. Tenev. I'd like to close by acknowledging that at the end of the day, what happened in January was absolutely unacceptable today, you know? for us. Is so with that, Jill? I am very, very, oh so, super duper, with the cherry on top, sorry. I look forward to hearing your questions. you, I did not get enough sleep tonight, that's for sure, not for this meeting. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Tenev. To follow will be Citadel Chief Executive Officer Kenneth Griffin. Chairman Waters, Ranking Member McHenry, and distinguished members of the committee, I would like to begin my testimony to acknowledge that even though my face may say otherwise, I would like to clarify that I am absolutely not terrified. Though I express a look as though I am in the midst of breaking into tears while also being unable to move my bowels in almost three days is undoubtedly further from the truth. Much like Citadel's involvement with Robin Hood's decision to freeze GameStock stop, and with that I will end my testimony. Good to know. Next, we will have Chief Executive Officer of Melvin Capital, Gabrielle Plotkin. Thank you, Chairman Waters, for this opportunity. I would like to begin by addressing that our firm had absolutely no role in Robin Hood's decision in January. We would also like to address that in no way did Citadel bail us out. Rather, they conveniently decided to invest in the company during the exact time we were in desperate need to cover our losses. We understand the criticisms in the practice of shorting a stock. However, when we short a stock, we do not encourage companies to fail. We simply invest dangerous amounts of money into the idea that they will. Though we have been harassed by the online community with such rhetoric as get fucked, as well as the depletion of our investments being described as poggers, our company sympathizes for Reddit users who now lack the proper amounts of oxygen after their stocks took them to the moon. Thank you, and I look forward to answering your questions. Thank you. Very inspiring. Steve Huffman of Reddit, you are now recognized for your witness testimony. Thank you to the members of the committee. For those unaware of the website, it is a community-based platform run and moderated by its users. It provides networking for popular topics and fetishes such as r slash avocados gone wild to r slash Thomas the Dank Engine to r slash dragons fucking cars, and of course, Wall Street bets. 
All content posted on Reddit is moderated by a public-based upvoting system rewarding legitimacy or whether or not it is a user's cake day. If a user publishes content which goes against community guidelines, they will be downvoted into oblivion. Though our communities may be inhabited by a special breed of internet dwellers, in the end, they are, nonetheless, my people. I look forward to your questions, knowing the explanation probably confused the committee further than they were before. There are certainly a lot of questionable phrases in that explanation. Keith Gill, we will now be hearing your testimonies. Ma'am, if you may, I would like to be referred to by the username graciously marked in hundreds of official government documents. Deep fucking value. Let me start by reminding the committee that I am, in fact, the initial investor that kickstarted the movement. And yes, my investment has multiplied in value many, many, over 800 times many times. What can I say? I like the stock. I would like to make it clear that I am not an institutional investor or a hedge fund executive, merely an opportunist turned revolutionary financial meme lord. I'm glad the committee is investigating the inner workings of the market, and I hope that those in such practice are aware of the power of an organized community. In regards to all constituents of the investigation, cheers and get fucked. With that concludes our opening testimony, and I will now recognize myself for the first round of questioning. Mr. Teneb, wouldn't the events taken place in January clearly display your company's previously denied liquidity problem trading high volumes of stock, yes or no? Chairman Waters, I appreciate the opportunity to address that. It's a yes or no question. When I was a young boy, yes I- Yes or no. A young boy, I- Yes or no, Mr. Teneb. When I was a young boy in Bulgaria, Okay, I was- I am revoking your question entirely. I will now be moving on from Mr. Teneb, Mr. Griffin. Dear God, please, no. Okay, with all due respect to the members of the committee, do we see the whole questioning process to be completely necessary? Excuse me? Miss Chairwoman, I think there's a crucial detail that has been happened to be overlooked during this investigation. And what would that be, Mr. Tenev? I'm rich. <laughs> We're all rich. What punishment could you feasibly grant us that we simply can't buy out of? Half of the questions that will be read today are probably written by Citadel's PR team beforehand anyway. I see. Well, with that to consider, we will be taking a 15-minute recess. Now, how do I turn this thing off? There's a subreddit for that. Hey folks, welcome to The Last Minute. I'm Dustin Wong, the world's tallest short person. We just wrapped up February 2021, and here's how it went. Former President Donald Trump's impeachment trial was held this month, where he was found obviously guilty for his part in inciting the Capitol riot in January. Is what I really want to say. He was acquitted. Of course he was acquitted. His so-called impartial jury, I don't know 
why I'm doing air quotes, you can't see them, was composed of his accomplices. I mean, his very, very close peers, like Ted Cruz, who went and had meetings with Trump's defense team during the trial. That's like putting George Clooney on trial and having the remaining Ocean's Eleven as the jury. And I think I just came up with a plot for Ocean's 14. I mean, what's Hollywood going to do, come up with an original idea? After the trial, Senator Mitch McConnell surprised everyone by publicly admonishing Trump, saying he was practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the Capitol. Then surprised no one, days later, when he said he'd vote for Trump again. According to The Hill, 46% of the GOP would hop back on the Trump train, while 27% remained undecided. Even if Trump went ahead and blew up the White House with the laser from Independence Day, I guarantee you they would still be undecided. And Marjorie Taylor Greene would still blame it on the Jews. But out of the frying pan into the fire he goes as Trump is currently being investigated for bank and insurance fraud. Trump attempted to steal his tax returns from the Manhattan District Attorney because, you know, they're so good. Until the Supreme Court rejected his efforts. Imagine if a bank robber tried to shield the security footage from playing in court. Uh, Your Honor, I, I object. On what grounds? On the grounds that'll put me in jail for a really, really long time. During a CNN town hall this month, President Biden said he's tired of talking about Trump, and frankly, so am I. So let's talk about Biden really quick. The U.S. House of Representatives passed Biden's $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief bill, and as of this recording, it just passed in the Senate. The American Rescue Plan would fulfill a few of his campaign promises, such as the $1,400 stimulus checks and funds for vaccine distribution in schools. However, while our new grandpa and chief pulled a shiny quarter out of our ear, he also rejected a 50K student loan forgiveness, opened up a new migrant children facility, and bombed Syria without congressional approval. Damn it, Joe! I got lost in your aviators. It doesn't feel any better to be screwed from the left, but I suppose it's comforting to see that American politics hasn't changed that much. Mm. President Biden has also made an initiative to diversify his administrative cabinet, including the first immigrant to be appointed head of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. Wait a second. You look familiar. Let's see who's really behind that mask. <gasps> Jeff Bezos! Seriously, America, go look up a picture of Alejandro Mayorkas. With his mask on, you'd swear it was Bezos. On an unrelated note, justice will now be served with free two-day shipping. With the COVID vaccination rollout weeks ahead of schedule, Biden is confident we will be the first country to hit 100 million vaccinations. And I'm pretty confident, too, since most countries don't have a population that high. So, you know... Not much of a competition. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has come under fire after it was discovered he downplayed the number of COVID deaths taking place in New York nursing homes. When it comes to health, Andy, you can't really fudge the numbers. Something I discovered when my doctor asked me how much alcohol I drank during quarantine. Yeah, you know, I had like one a day. Just, just one. I mean, we're talking in bottles, right? Speaking of vices, New Jersey has become the 15th state to legalize marijuana, truly earning its name the Garden State. And so begins the new game of what's that smell? Is it weed or just regular New Jersey? Oklahoma lawmakers passed a bill that would allow them to deem federal laws and executive orders unconstitutional. I don't know if they thought it through, though, because if the bill becomes a law, then the law itself becomes unconstitutional. But that's the law that makes these unconstitutional. But you can't do things and the wheels on the bus go round and round. Senator Josh Hawley attracted scrutiny after it was discovered he used campaign funds during a trip to Universal Studios. Politicians are expressly prohibited from using funds for personal use, and Hawley spent $197. However, with that, he was only able to afford two churros and a slushie. And lastly, 
Conservative radio personality Rush Limbaugh passed away this month due to lung cancer after years of publicly denying the dangers of smoking nicotine. And although I've never agreed with Mr. Limbaugh's views on anything, I plan to treat his death with the same respect he gave liberals, minorities, homosexuals, Muslims, veterans, refugees, and Parkinson's disease, which is to say, none. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. So there's been a lot of talk about the McDonald's Travis Scott meal. So here at 5 Wendy Kings and Robbins, we've decided to take it a step further, releasing our entirely new celebrity combos menu, collaborating some of your classic selections with your favorite household celebrities. Take a bite of the stars of Hollywood with the Chris Pratt favorite, a sandwich started off as a quarter pounder with bacon and cheese, only to be suddenly turned into a lean grilled chicken breast at the window. The Two Chains Deal, a combo served with two entrees, two sides of your choice, and any beverage double cupped with 50 milliliters of codeine. The Adam Sandler Sandwich, a meal that's never quite as good as you remembered, but don't wait on it for too long because it never ages well. Need to grab a bite for the kids? Then take a look at our best offers in the Kevin Hart combos. Still not finding what you're looking for? Then look no further than our unappreciated, forgettable character actor secret menu. Be reminded of such deals as the Paul Giamatti Cheeseburger, the Octavia Spencer Salad, the extra crispy Giancarlo Espinito Chicken Nuggets, and more that's name is just on the tip of your tongue. All of which comes with a mandatory charge of an additional 849 Beyonce Burger. Because if you don't want it, we wouldn't allow you back at the store anyway, and be dead in the eyes of those who work at your local location. Don't believe me? Just ask beloved 60 Minutes journalist, Anderson Cooper. What? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm not Anderson Cooper from 60 Minutes. I'm Dustin Wong from the last minute. Ha ha ha, I love Beyonce. So now that we're capitalizing on meaningless celebrity culture, stop by Kentucky Pizza Bell today. We don't care if it's ironic. We'll take your money anyway. The people of Texas learned the hard way that those who can do, govern. And those who can govern, lie. Which brings us to our buried lead. Over Valentine's Day weekend, all 254 counties in Texas were given a winter storm warning. The storm ended up lasting over a week, causing power outages and burst pipes throughout the state, leaving more than 4 million citizens without heat, water, and electricity. The storm also affected oil and gas production, as well as food production. Now, power in Texas runs through an independent grid and is the only state in the U.S. to do so. That means without federal regulation, it cannot pull power from other grids when there are surge demands, like when thousands of families who are fortunate enough to still have power are trying to stay warm at the same time. According to the Perryman Group, a Texas-based economic firm, winter storm year could cost almost $295 billion, including property damage and lost income. And when it snows, it pours. The price of power surged from $50 to $9,000 per megawatt due to supply and demand, with some homeowners receiving bills as high as $17,000, just to avoid freezing to death. And unfortunately, the storm has claimed the lives of almost 70 people due to the cold. Meanwhile, some folks are looking on the bright side, like Roland Burns, the CEO and CFO of Comstock Resources, a drilling company that greatly benefited from the demand for natural gas. In his words, it was like, Hitting the jackpot. God, I feel dirty just saying that secondhand. Who would have guessed the Simpsons would have predicted an actual Mr. Burns? I've never met the guy, but I have to imagine he hates orphans and regularly shuts down art centers. I mean, how can one man sound so much like a Disney Channel villain? And speaking of villains, Ted Cruz. 
Surely as someone who was recently reelected to serve the people of Texas, he would be hard at work finding ways to aid the suffering communities. Or maybe there was not much for him to do, because photos began circling online catching crews on a plane to Cancun. And here I thought people seeking refuge from the harsh realities of their country by crossing the border were wrong. Honestly, when I heard people were sharing photos online about Ted Cruz's Cancun trip, I was legitimately concerned I'd have to see Cruz in a banana hammock. Bleach may not cure COVID, but it would cleanse my eyes of that evil. In his defense, Cruz says his daughters were the ones who wanted to take the trip, and in an effort to be a good dad, he accompanied them because he claims they get nervous on airplanes, but I'm sorry. Good dad? You just threw them under the bus, buddy. What's next? You blame the whole storm on them? Well, I told them not to touch a thermostat, but you know, kids. You know who are good dads? The ones who are wearing layers and layers of jackets, sitting in their Dallas driveways in their trucks, trying to warm up a can of SpaghettiOs with a cigarette lighter just so their kids can eat. Those are the good dads, you goblin. Cruz went on to say he planned to immediately return to Texas after dropping off his girls in Cancun. However, according to a source from United Airlines, Cruz was originally going to stay from Wednesday to Saturday and only bought his return ticket that Thursday morning. Why would you even attempt to lie about something that could be so easily disputed? Cruz basically walked out of the kitchen with schmutz all over his face, saying he didn't eat mom's birthday cake. Wait a minute. That's not cake. That's your dirty beard. And not for nothing. But Cruz helped to ensure the Texas power grid remained privatized and avoid federal regulation, and is now blaming the federal government for not preparing for this disaster. Well, maybe if we told him the power grid was a woman's body, it would have been regulated years ago. Now, two of Cruz's biggest critics are Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Cruz's former Democratic rival during the 2018 midterms, Beto O'Rourke, and together they sought to help those in need. O'Rourke organized a phone bank connecting Texas with resources, and Cortez launched a fundraiser through Twitter, raising a million dollars in less than four hours. So, just to sum up, the guy who lost a job to Cruz and the woman who's not even from Texas are doing Cruz's job for him. After his Cancun layover, new pictures of Cruz began circulating, but this time, they were of him carrying a single package of water to a car in a practically empty parking lot, with the hashtag, Texas Strong. Forgive me, but... Water bottles aren't that heavy, and you're a grown man who gets bullied on Twitter by Seth Rogen. How strong are we talking about? I forgot to mention Cruz posted the pictures himself, leading many people to believe that this act of bare minimum compassion was staged. And if it was, why would you not have more cars in the background and make it look like you were helping more than one person? Because now it just looks like a low-stakes back-alley deal. Hey, buddy, uh, how's the product? Oh, man, it is pure H2O. Oh, shit. Yeah. Now, Cruz's not-so-secret getaway is no exception. Representative Gary Gates took a private jet to Florida, a move he says was motivated by his family's health needs. That's right, kids. If daddy can't fly you away in his own plane, he just doesn't love you enough. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson and his wife, Senator Angela Paxson, also sees their opportunity to escape and travel to Utah. And I'm not sure what's worse, that they left their constituents in Mother Nature's freezer, or that of all places, they went to Utah. According to Paxson's spokesman, Paxson was meeting with the Utah AG, Sean Reyes, concerning an antitrust lawsuit against Google. And maybe I'm wrong, but couldn't that meeting have been held online? It's been almost a year in lockdown now, and even my mom knows how Zoom works. I have to constantly explain to her how to watch Netflix on the TV. Now I know what you're thinking, but Dustin, you just said there were power outages. True. 
But according to the same spokesperson, the Paxton household never lost power. Apparently, the only Texas official who didn't flee when things get cold was Governor Greg Abbott. However, he spent his time practicing the Republican tradition of blaming someone else. Abbott has gone on record blaming the Electric Reliability Council of Texas for not preparing for a storm of this magnitude, referring to them as unreliable. Abbott also uses time to bash the Green New Deal, saying it was a deadly deal and that fossil fuels are necessary. Abbott, alongside other Republicans, such as former Governor Rick Perry, pointed fingers at frozen wind turbines as a failed example of renewable energy and a major part of the winter storm energy crisis. However, an ERCOT official said the wind turbines made up only 13% of the outages, and the real failure was the freezing of instruments and pipes that transport natural gas, coal, and nuclear energy. The pipes as well as the wind turbines and solar panels froze because no one took the initiative to winterize them. If you don't take care of something, it's not going to do what you want. That's like expecting a dog to listen to you that you haven't fed. I I take great care of my dog, and he always listens to me. Right, Milo? Right? Right, Milo? Come on, I know you, I know you were playing it up last episode. Come on, come, get over here. Milo, come here. Milo, Milo, come here. Or don't, because we mutually respect each other, and I respect your choice. Anyways, the Texas government had no incentive to treat their pipes because of their independent grid, and they don't care about turbines and panels because they don't believe in climate change, and therein lies the real issue. The White House has said the storm is a type of extreme weather event triggered by climate change. Back in January, President Biden unveiled his plan to pause oil and gas leases as well as cut fossil fuel subsidies. But Governor Abbott ordered state officials to push back and authorize state agencies to bring legal challenges to those new policies. Look, I have no issue with someone being ignorant. I have a friend who believes the Rise of Skywalker was a perfect finale for the Star Wars saga, and I believe that to be absolute nonsense. I mean, you're telling me J.J. Abrams didn't just rip out the Avengers Endgame finale, not to mention waste a perfectly good Oscar Isaac, and I suppose we don't have to accept who we are and where we come from because we can just choose our last name for ourselves. I can call myself Dustin Spielberg. That doesn't mean I get to work on the next Indiana Jones. I'm sorry. That nerve's still raw. If you choose to be ignorant, That's your choice. But when your ignorance endangers the lives of others, then it's no longer something you can ignore. Which brings me to a topic I've been struggling with, how to discuss on this show. I believe in first and foremost, The Last Minute is a comedy show. We designed this show with the purpose of entertaining, and because of that, we pick and choose a topic we think we can make uh, funny and entertaining. So we're going to get back to the jokes in a few minutes, but uh, there's a story I feel that really needs to be discussed. Since the beginning of the pandemic, Asians in America have had to face two viruses, COVID-19 and raging xenophobia. Didn't help when the president of our country repeatedly called it the China virus. So out of fear, hate, and confusion, we have been beaten, stabbed, slashed, robbed, assaulted, kidnapped, and murdered. Homes, businesses, and memorials have been vandalized. I have a Filipino mother who's a nurse and a Laotian Thai father in his 60s. Every day for the past year, I have feared for their safety because of the virus, and now I fear for some jackass looking to take his shot. But what I'm more afraid of than someone I love getting hurt is someone I love getting hurt and no one caring. The crime being ignored and excused. 
because despite our pleas for help, the number of hate crimes towards Asians continues to grow, and it seems like Asians are the only ones talking about it. My voice isn't much, but I'm adding it to the mix. News outlets have failed to address the issue on the scale it deserves, as far as I know. CNN and CBS have been radio silent. ABC, NBC, and Fox have had a segment or two, and MSNBC aired a total of 20 minutes at the most. Last year, hundreds of hours of news coverage were devoted to the unjust killing of George Floyd and so many Black Americans. There was an uproar within our society, as there should have been. People of all races and creeds come together and call themselves allies. Where are you now? Why must we be invisible? We can't force anyone to care, but they can't care if they don't know. Sure, our eyes are small, but we see what's going on. I was born and raised and still live in Connecticut. Grew up in a pretty diverse neighborhood, but I still had to answer the questions, where are you really from? What are you eating? Why do you look like that? As if I was another species entirely. I had to learn to hide who I am to be accepted, and I've never forgiven myself. So don't you dare tell us we don't experience racism. In his farewell address, George Washington said, citizens by birth or by choice of common country, that country has a right to concentrate your affections. The name American belongs to you. If any of my fellow Asian Americans are listening, I hear you and I love you. Racism kills. Racism kills. If we don't learn from our history, we're doomed to repeat it. So educate yourself. Know your neighbor because we aren't going anywhere. The name of American belongs to you and to us. Thank you for listening. Hope I didn't kill the mood. The rest of the show is a lot of fun, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Jeff White, CEO of the new company Monochrome Realty. Earlier this month, a couple in the Bay Area discovered their home was worth thousands more than they were originally told after their white friend posed as the homeowner during a second appraisal. This news shocked me and left me with several questions, such as, how can I use this information to my advantage? And that's when I started Monochrome Realty. Let us use the discrimination of others to your advantage. You're guaranteed to get a 50% higher appraisal or your money back. Our staff of friendly Caucasians with names like Linda, Paul, and Bethany is standing by, ready to help you get the money you deserve if not for systemic racism. After you've set an appointment for a home appraisal, we can have one of our team members meet the appraiser at the door in our approved company uniform of cardigan and khakis. We'll arrive early to plant stock photos, candles, and Dave Matthews CDs to give the feeling that a real white person lives there. We'll also remove all the spices from the kitchen, just to be safe. For an extra fee in the middle of the appraisal, an unmarked minivan will drop off two of our younger agents to pose as children and play soccer in the backyard. Our original realtor only valued our home at 7,500 bucks, but with Monochrome Realty, we're getting 75,000. Thanks, Monochrome. So go to monochromerealty.com, where our privilege is your reward. So Biden's on shaky ground and Texas is currently thawing, but in other news, 
February 2nd was Groundhog Day, where if our furry friend sees a shadow, we get six more weeks of COVID. A small town in Utah was subject to some controversy after a charter art school began to allow parents to opt kids out of its Black History Month curriculum. I personally don't see the problem. White people picking and choosing what parts of the past to acknowledge sounds just like history to me. February 2nd was Groundhog Day, where if our furry friend sees a shadow, we get six more weeks of COVID. Across the pond, the UK Supreme Court decided that Uber must treat their drivers like employees. Meanwhile, American companies are still deciding whether to treat their employees like people. In Scotland, a man's tongue was bitten off by a woman on the street, only to be swooped up and eaten by a seagull. And now, they've acquired a taste for human blood. Oh God, they got in. They breached the wall. No, no, get out of here. No, no, better off. Get out of here. Fly away, fly away. No, get off me. Let go, let go. Ah! One year after the- Oh, they went back! There's no more! No! Open a window! Jesus Christ, open a window! Get off me! Get off me! You damn dirty birds! Winged bastards. One year after the death of coronavirus whistleblower Dr. Lee Wen-Yong, Wuhan residents took to the streets to honor his memory, and they too were never seen from again. February 2nd was Groundhog Day, where if our furry friend sees a shadow, we get six more weeks of COVID. A recent study revealed that 95% of tested baby food in the U.S. contains toxic metals, which is only 5% less than an Arby's Smokehouse brisket. An Australian health star rating system has classified fruit juice as less healthy than diet soda, replied the Kool-Aid man, oh no! February 2nd was Groundhog Day, where if our furry friend sees a shadow, we get six more weeks of COVID. In the world of sports, the NBA announced that they will acquire all teams to play the national anthem prior to every game after Mark Cuban announced the song would no longer be played at Mavs games. I, for one, support Cuban in his effort. Not for any political reason. The anthem's just overplayed, in my opinion. Nonetheless, we, the last minute, will honor the Mavericks Bowl decision by continuing to never play the national anthem at the start of our podcast. At the ripe age of 43, Tom Brady won his seventh championship title at this year's Super Bowl. And somehow, somewhere, Michael Jordan is taking that personally. 43 years old. 43 years old. You know what? You know who else is 43? The guy who played Hannah Montana's brother in the show. I'm not kidding. He was born in 1977 and played a teenager in 2006. I don't even have a joke for that. I just think it's really weird and it needs to be addressed. Anyway. February 2nd was Groundhog Day, where if our furry friend sees a shadow, we get six more weeks of COVID. HBO announced that Pedro Pascal has been cast as Joel in the adaptation of the popular video game franchise, The Last of Us. Pascal continues to corner the market on sad, violent, adopted dads. Lady Gaga's two French bulldogs were recovered after being stolen during an armed robbery. Thankfully, the only harm done was a gunshot wound to the non-famous dog walker, but the dogs are perfectly safe. New Line Cinema is making plans to remake the cinematic classic, The Wizard of Oz, which will include a short cameo of Logan Paul taking a selfie with a hanging munchkin. NPR received a strongly worded letter from an eight-year-old listener, objecting to the lack of dinosaur coverage in All Things Considered, saying all things should include the things he likes. So NPR will be adding a new show to their lineup titled Pizza and Fortnite, hosted by Optimus Prime. The electronic music duo Daft Punk announced their retirement this month, 
while I'm saddened by the news, I didn't realize they hadn't released a new song in eight years and probably would have continued not to notice. The Detroit Police Department opened an investigation for a man who allegedly defecates and unlocked cars in auto shop parking lots. Now, I've heard of shit detailing, but this is ridiculous. And lastly, February 2nd was Groundhog Day, where if our furry friend sees a shadow, we get six more weeks of COVID. As we all know, February 14th was Valentine's Day, a holiday designed to punish those in relationships and torture those who aren't. Here to comment is our romantic comedy correspondent, Nora Myers. Hi, Dustin. Hey, Nora. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry. I was going to say great, but then changed my mind at the last second to say good. I'm good. Okay. That's good. (laughs) You're so funny. No, it's whatever. It was really funny. Stop. Really? You're so clever. Thank you. Uh, So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Nora? I don't think you want to hear about me. I do. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I'm like weird, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I'm like different. How so? I don't know. I just like love food, you know, like a lot. And I don't really wear makeup. I don't know how to do it. I think you look fine. Thanks. That's really sweet of you to say. Yeah. Um, So, Valentine's Day, love is in the air. Do you have any great Valentine's Day memories you'd like to share? Are you dating anyone right now? Well, there is this one guy. He's really funny and sweet. And I think there's something there, but I wouldn't know what to say. Just tell him how you feel. I'm, I'm sure he feels the same way. You think so? Sure. You're great. And uh, and any guy would be lucky to be with you. Okay. So, Dustin. Yeah? Ever since I met you, I haven't been able to get you out of my mind. What are you doing? Whenever I'm with you, I feel like anything is possible. And I know I'm not some famous actress or wealthy heir. Why why would that matter? Does it not? Of, Of course not. Those were ridiculously high standards. You were just the person who was available. I'm just a girl in a Zoom call with a moderately attractive boy with something to ask him. Something I should have asked a long time ago. We just met the other day. Will you marry me? Marry you? What do you say? No. What? I I can't marry you. But you said that I should go after it. Talking about someone else. We barely know each other. It's not about what we know. It's about what we feel, and this feels right. I think we'd be good together. I think so too, but as just friends. How can you say that? After I left my fiance at the altar for you? You were engaged? Yes, but I knew you were going to come in at the last second and object, and we would run away together. I was definitely not going to do that. I turned down that job in Paris. What What job? Just so I could be on your podcast. That is a huge sacrifice. This show is definitely not worth that. So you don't want to be with me? I don't know. I don't know. Sure, we have plenty of good times. Like when we watch those movies and we laugh at the same parts. Or that moment we were both carrying stacks of books and papers and bumped into each other, dropping everything, and we both grabbed the same pen at the same time, locking eyes. Or that time we had sex, those were all great. I'm just confused. No. 
you don't want to be with me. Because I want it all. The house, the kids, the barbecues in the backyard. But you, you've got a whole life ahead of you. You've got a podcast with 12 whole listeners. 13. What are you going to do when you need to write a cheesy one-liner about politics and Dustin Jr. needs to be picked up from school? I, I can't do that to you. I won't. So I can't marry you. You asked me. Maybe I made a mistake turning down that job. No, you definitely did. There's one last flight to Paris tonight. I think I should be on it. I think you should too. Then I guess this is goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, let's hold here. Let's hold. Oh, okay, okay, let's do that. Dustin, that was really intense. Are you okay, man? I don't know. I think I think I really hurt her feelings. It doesn't matter. She's gone. I'll never get a chance to apologize. I don't know if this is right for me to say, but maybe it's not too late. What are you talking about? I mean, she's not on that plane yet. If you hurry, you could still catch her. You heard what she said, man. I'm not the man she needs me to be. Then be that man, Dustin. Be the man that gets the girl in the end. Don't be like me, choosing a career over a meaningful relationship. Dude, you work to go out at Chili's. If you don't go after her, you're gonna regret it. Maybe not today, or maybe not tomorrow, but someday, and for the rest of your life. But what if she won't hear me out? You can't spend your whole life wondering. Damn it. You're right, man. Do you excuse me? I got a plane to catch. Folks, we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by your local Chinese takeout place. What's on the menu? The same thing as every other one. Also brought to you by Ginger Beer, Ginger Ale's older, cooler cousin. He wears shades, even when he's indoors. And Peacock, the streaming service that put a price on people's obsession with The Office. And we're back. So, did you make the flight? You know, I forgot with the pandemic, they've really upped airport security. Turns out you can put a price on love. A price I was not willing to pay. I mean, a hundred bucks for a plane I wasn't even going to get on? Come on, get out of here. But what about Nora? I have no idea how much she paid. All right, folks, I'm out of here. But remember, February 2nd was Groundhog Day, where if our furry friend sees his shadow, we get six more weeks to COVID. Have a good day, and a better tomorrow. The Last Minute with Dustin Wong. Hosted by me, Dustin Wong. A 20-something studios production. Featuring Hunter Bustamante, Liam Foley, Kendra Garnett, Ricky Hamilton, Steve Kalpin, Ryan Phelps, and Elliot Skidmore. Written by Dustin Wong and Ricky Hamilton. Contact the show at thelastminute.dw at gmail.com